is The Guardian. I'm Gabrielle Jackson, coming to you from Daragland, and this is The Full Story. Asbestos found in mulch at a children's playground in the Sydney suburb of Roselle caught the attention of many. Alarming new development tonight in Roselle Parkland's asbestos scare with more of the potentially deadly material found at the inner city site. Including the electorate's local member, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. Well, I'm shocked by these revelations and I don't understand how it can be that it wasn't foreseen. It's just extraordinary. And while this issue has raised a lot of attention... It wasn't a surprise to Guardian Australia's environment reporter, Lisa Cox. For months, Lisa has been looking into another contaminated product, recycled soil used in construction projects and landscaping for childcare centres, schools and parks in New South Wales. They've done a number of investigations over a period of a decade, finding that there was contamination in these products and they're contaminants that can depending on their quantities, pose a risk to human health. Today, Lisa Cox on why we're using contaminated soil. It's Wednesday, the 31st of January. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Lisa, earlier this month, a newly opened park in the Sydney suburb of Roselle was pretty dramatically closed due to asbestos being found in the garden mulch. Then more asbestos-containing mulch was identified in multiple sites around Sydney. What happened? It was a member of the public who first raised concerns about this in an email to Transport New South Wales that was missed over the Christmas holiday period. The playground had opened to the public only a few weeks before that as part of a major infrastructure project in the inner west of Sydney by the New South Wales government. After that, a number of samples were taken at this particular park and they were found to have positive results for traces of asbestos. This was despite Transport New South Wales and the construction company saying that testing of the landscaping was done before the park was open to the public. There's an additional concern because this mulch was used elsewhere in Sydney and it is important to acknowledge that we're talking about bonded asbestos here, which is a type of asbestos that's considered to be a lower risk because it's mixed with a hard material such as concrete. 
So hazardous asbestos particles are less likely to become airborne. Now, for many months, Lisa, you've been looking at a different but related issue of contaminated soil across New South Wales, which might be more widespread and potentially dangerous to human health than the asbestos found in the Roselle mulch. How did you start looking into this? I actually started looking into this in about the middle of last year after a tip about an investigation that the New South Wales environmental regulator had done into a type of soil fill product back in 2019. So this was something that I was actually planning prior to this Rizal incident occurring. In 2022, and this is publicly known, the the EPA walked away from some tougher regulations of this particular waste stream um, known as recovered fines. And so what I sought was basically documents that were produced in the lead up to that decision. Okay, we'll talk about what the Environment Protection Authority did in a moment. But first, what are recovered fines? So recovered fines are a type of recovered waste product that's made from the residue from construction and demolition waste. So the sort of residue that you'd find sitting in the bottom of a skip bin and they're processed into a product that can be used as basically a type of soil fill or sand substitute in construction and landscaping projects in New South Wales. And how is this different to the mulch used at Roselle Parklands? I mean, there's a couple of differences. Mulch is just, it's a different product to recovered fines. Like soil fill is obviously something quite different to mulch, which is sort of one of your final layers of landscaping. Um, So that's an important difference. And then the experts say that unlike the bonded asbestos that was found in mulch in Roselle, which is relatively harmless unless it's broken apart, recovered vines could contain asbestos fibres, which pose a greater risk to human health. Recovered vines is obviously a different product because you're describing a kind of soil fill. Right. So why do we use recovered vines in soil fill? That's an excellent question. One, the construction industry is responsible for a huge amount of waste in New South Wales. Um, It generates more waste than any other industry and more than 50% of the waste that's produced in New South Wales every year. So this is a way of diverting waste from landfill because we have a finite amount of landfill and finding ways to reuse and recycle waste product is really important. In terms of why are people using this particular type of soil fill, I would also suggest to you that it's quite cheap. So what are the potential dangers of using this? Well, the potential dangers of using it are what is raised in these EPA documents, which is that they've done a number of investigations over a period of a decade finding that there was contamination in these products and they're contaminants that can, depending on their quantities, pose a risk to human health. What kind of contaminants are we talking about, Lisa? Uh, We're talking about things like lead and cadmium, which are metals that are both toxic to human health. According to the World Health Organization, there's no level of exposure to lead that's known to be without harmful impacts and lead in the body can be distributed to the brain, liver, kidney and bones. The other contaminant that they were finding in these products was asbestos. Are recovered fines still being used? Oh, yes, 100%. 
100%. They are still being used. That sounds worrying. Is there a risk to the public? The EPA itself has said that contaminated soil could have been applied to land across the state, including at childcare centres, residential areas, schools and parks. We know that from some of the documents that were released to us through Freedom of Information. A spokesperson for the EPA told Guardian Australia that the human and environmental risk associated with recovered fines were low because the products were, and this is a quote, generally used in low contact situations such as engineering fill and pipe bedding. But Mark Taylor, who's an honorary professor at Macquarie University specialising in environmental contamination, said the ultimate end use of recovered soils and fines is unknown. And he said, if you're going to have unfettered use of these products, you need to have the most conservative standards applied to it in order to protect human health where the risk is greatest. Mm. And that if industry isn't taking those kinds of precautions and complying with protocols, that that would mean that it's complicit and willfully contaminating the environment. When Mark Taylor says the ultimate end use of recovered soils is unknown, what does he mean? So you might buy it and not know? It's sold under generic labels of soil fill and cheap fill is my understanding, which means that it's quite possible we don't know what the end use is and the supply of these products and where they're going isn't being tracked. Okay, so this contaminated soil is still being used and there's no simple way for end users to know which products contain it. Are the companies that make these products regulated? Yes, the producers of these products are regulated. There's requirements that they have to meet in relation to testing and sampling, for example, the frequency with which they're expected to test their products. And then there's also different limits that are set within New South Wales waste recovery regulations for contaminants such as lead and cadmium. And what did you find out about how often these were being met? Um, so we got documentation that went back quite a long way. And what we found is essentially that the EPA has known for over a decade that producers or facilities that make recovered fines weren't meeting various requirements for safe reuse. So for example, an EPA investigation in 2013 found that 94% of industry had not complied with at least one aspect mm. of these regulations. And then a follow-up investigation in 2019 found that 71% of facilities had exceeded a limit on a chemical or physical contaminant in their product at least once in a sort of two-year period worth of data that they looked at. And the EPA also went back and did its own samples at some of these facilities and found asbestos in the recovered fines at 57% of the facilities that they looked at. Next, have the regulators failed to protect the community? Hey, Jane Lee here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you probably know, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, which means we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, we don't answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. 
And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we haven't put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers and listeners who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. So if you're able to support us, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. There's also a link on the full story page. Thanks. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Those findings are pretty alarming, Lisa. How did the EPA respond to that? So the documentation we've got shows that over this kind of nine, 10 year period from 2013 to 2022, the the EPA was really strongly considering tightening the regulations that, that govern these facilities and this product. So what they were planning to do was to revoke the existing regulations and instead develop a new set of site-specific regulations, which would mean that only those facilities that could demonstrate that they were up to scratch and were complying could produce these products for use in construction of la- and landscaping. And so what happened to these? this plan for tighter regulations? Well, the EPA did conduct a whole bunch of consultation with industry over sort of the period from around 2020 um, about the findings of its investigations. And it ultimately put this proposal to industry in late 2021. And they received an enormous amount of pushback from the waste industry and the construction industry about the economic impacts that these changes in regulations would have. So things like it would push up the cost of landfill disposal that that would be passed on to consumers, it would push up construction costs, it would mean that more virgin material was being used in construction rather than reused and recycled material. There's a letter that we received that said basically that the changes would lead to smaller skipping companies going out of business. And the other thing that happened was that there was quite a bit of negative media coverage around these proposed reforms in 2022. And the Potential impact of the proposed changes to regulations on small businesses was picked up by Ben Fordham on 2GB. Well, there are these ridiculous changes coming in from the Environment Protection Authority, and it's going to impact our small businesses involved in the waste industry. So the EPA is launching a testing crackdown. It'll force waste facilities to push up their prices. The cost of a three cubic metre container, so a skip bin, 
could go from $440 to $2,100. And this is another example of bureaucrats making a heavy-handed decision without consulting the people who are going to be impacted. It's hitting a peanut with a sledgehammer. And those things combined meant that the EPA ultimately walked away from this proposal. Mm. At the time when these reforms were proposed, the EPA hadn't publicly released all of its detailed findings, which is what we've reported on in this story. We got access to the 2013 report and it talks about how EPA investigators identified what they referred to as widespread deficiencies. That sort of level of detail was not in the public domain when these regulation changes were being discussed in 2022. So they went out to industry proposing all these changes, but what they hadn't done is actually released to the public their quite damning findings over these investigations. Is that right, Lisa? Correct. They'd made a limited amount of information available to the public. So, for example, they did say in 2022 that they had found asbestos at half of these facilities, but the really detailed data on breaches of testing requirements and the frequency of specific breaches of particular contaminants, that hadn't been made public before. The sheer level of alleged non-compliance by industry with various aspects of these regulations had not been set out in detail before our Guardian Australia story this week. It seems pretty extraordinary that the Environment Protection Authority, whose responsibility it is to protect human and environmental health, can just stop plans for new regulations. How did they justify backing down at the time? So we got access to an email um, through the the Gipper that I submitted. It's an email from May 2022 um, sent to industry stakeholders by the EPA's acting chief executive, Jacqueline Moore. And that email told stakeholders that the regulator had, quote, heard the concerns of the waste and resource recovery industry, small businesses and the construction industry. Moore wrote that the EPA would focus on industry education, monitoring and compliance to improve environmental outcomes instead. Um, In response to Guardian Australia's reporting on Monday, the New South Wales Greens environment spokesperson Sue Higginson said the EPA had basically failed to intervene due to political failure and a lack of resources. So that was 2022. What have they said in response to your investigation now? So I approached the EPA when we were preparing this story. The EPA's spokesperson said the regulator was committed to protecting the environment and reducing risks to human health while driving a circular economy. They said that in October last year, the EPA had commenced another campaign to assess compliance with the resource recovery order, including site inspections and collecting samples for testing. The compliance campaign will be completed by the end of April, and they said it would inform further regulatory action and reform of the resource recovery framework. The chief scientist is also still reviewing um, the management of asbestos in recovered fines and the recommendations to come out of that work are forthcoming. And on Monday, the Premier Chris Minns said that he had requested a briefing with the EPA about all of this. 
So we're talking about New South Wales here. What do you know, Lisa, about these products and their use in other states? That's an extremely good question and we are still looking into it. So it's a watch this space? It is indeed a watch this space. I mean, the main difficulty is that I have to follow the sort of communication channels um, to ask questions about this and, you know, I have to sort of find the right experts in each of the departments and governments in the various jurisdictions in order to sort of get clear answers as to, you know, one, whether this type of recovered product is produced in other states and territories and two, how it's used, that kind of thing. And that all just takes a little bit of time. In the meantime, can anything else be done? Mark Taylor said, while it's critical that resources are reused and recycled wherever possible to assist in meeting sustainable outcomes, the community needs to be placed first to protect them from unnecessary risks of harm. Ultimately, that's what the environmental regulator is there for. They were set up for the purpose of the environment and public health and safety. So, Lisa, you're still digging into this story. What questions will you be asking next? The obvious one is where have these products gone and how they've been used? You know, is their use isolated to New South Wales? Have they been used in other states? You know, has, you know, potential contamination been identified in soil-filled products, for example, that have gone over the border from New South Wales into other states. What are the labelling requirements for these kinds of products? Do they have to be specifically labelled so that if people pick up a bag of, you know, soil fill, they know exactly what they're buying? Those are the sorts of things that I would like to know. And I am hoping that the EPA will give us an interview about this at some stage. That was Lisa Cox, Guardian Australia's environment reporter. You can read Lisa's reporting with Katie McLeod and Tamsin Rose at theguardian.com. We've also put a link to their stories in today's full story page. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and James Milsom. Daniel Simo did the sound design and mix. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. And I'm Gabrielle Jackson. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe or follow Full Story wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also leave a review. Thanks so much for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today 
at shopify.com slash records.